Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Yes, this is the show where you're going to find out that today is the day that the McRib returns. We told you it was coming back, and it is. Today is the day that the delicious barbecue boneless pork sandwich is back. Only at McDonald's. Yes, all 14,400 McDonald's locations in the United States of America will have the McRib ready for you. Just go to the counter. Go to the drive through speaker window and say, Yes, I would like the McRib, please. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> You are not going to be able to tear me away from McDonald's today. (laughs) I might go to one every day for the next week just to enjoy the McRib because, well, just because, just because, just because. Mm. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. hypocrites around the globe. Let me tell you about something that millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common. They all agree bowl and branch sheets are the softest, most comfortable, pure, organic cotton sheets on earth. And yes, I am one of the millions of Americans, I'm not a former president, that believe Bowen brand sheets are the softest, most comfortable, pure, organic cotton sheets on the planet. Yeah, I know. Their cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, carries the highest organic certification. And that, my friends, is why it's so soft. They work with family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of Bowen brand sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality you can feel the moment you open the box. And look, this is the deal. You, I say all that, and then let's just let me just tell you, once you put it on your mattress, you're going to say, oh my gosh, why haven't I been sleeping on these? These bowl and branch sheets and pillowcases before. They should have already been on my bed. We put them on and, you know, when you first get them, you think, yeah, okay, I know what they say, but really, okay. And then you lay down on it and you realize, oh my gosh, they're right. I love them. And since they sell direct to you, uh, they're a bargain at any price, really. I mean, a thousand dollar quality. You've gone out and looked at some expensive sheets that aren't going to be as comfortable as Bowling Branch. Thousand dollar quality for 160 bucks. 
Now, anytime you can get something for 160 bucks that's worth $1,000, uh, that's a good deal. And you won't need this guarantee, but you can sleep on them for a month risk-free. You don't need that, but they throw it in anyway. And right now, you can get $50 off any sheet set at bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code JEFFY. bowlandbranch.com, B-O-L-L and branch. Dot com promo code Jeffy for fifty dollars off bowlandbranch.com promo code Jeffy. Sure, there's some restrictions that may apply. You you can see all the details at bowlandbranch.com, and you can use the promo code Jeffy get that fifty dollars off and start sleeping on the softest, most comfortable, pure organic cotton sheets on the planet. Bowlandbranch bowlandbranch.com promo code Jeffy. All right, Tony Standen, 29, shaved her head, gave newspaper interviews, and said that she had cancer. She said, it's gone to my brain, my bones. It's everywhere. She pulled at heartstrings, saying that she wanted her dad, Derek, who was dying of cancer, to walk her down the aisle. Friends launched a GoFundMe page to give her and partner James a wedding they deserve. Now, Dad died before the big day, but recorded a video that was played at the wedding. And it was a heartfelt recording. And during the wedding, after the video, um, guests were in tears. But moments later, she was cracking gags. After hearing her father's labored words, she got up and gave a faultless speech, even cracking a few jokes. Her mother and brother were in bits. They all just listened to a father of a bride message from beyond the grave. Tony even received a video message delivered by one of the top players of Everton uh, soccer team. She laughed throughout. After the wedding... They went to a nearby hotel. Witnesses claim she rifled through wedding cards, counting the cash inside before heading off on a honeymoon to Turkey. Now, they got like 8,500 euros on the GoFundMe page. And then they realized, you know, I don't think she has cancer. And they confronted her. Her friends, her friends remember that they wanted to help her so bad they couldn't afford it. That's why they started the fundraiser. And she said, yeah, I know you can't afford it, but every little bit helps is what she told her friends. Wow. Now, according to this, she was, you know, she was interviewed, uh, local newspapers and saying that she had, uh, uh, terminal cancer. And that it, uh, that was it. Time was up. Had about two months to live. Her organs had begun to fail. And then, uh, she posted on her Facebook page, a rest in peace, Tony. And then she said she blamed uh, the post on hackers. That always works. Now, then she went on holiday with husband, they visited Germany, Czech Republic, Austria, Hungary, and Italy. I mean, they had a few extra bucks from the GoFundMe. Then in April, she claimed that she 
caught COVID. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Two friends decided, hey, 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 hey. Uh, I don't think she's telling us the truth. So they called her up, three-way conversation, recorded it, and asked her straight away, have you really got cancer? She started crying and admitted it was all lies. <laughs> I'm not I'm just laughing because it's not funny. It's just ridiculous. Now, their friends ended up calling the police. Right? Okay. I mean, she look, the judge, a horrible breach of trust. Uh, she's got to repay the donations. Um, the people who donated said if they get anything back, um, they're going to donate it to a cancer charity. Um, the, the one lady said there needs to be some light at the, you know, the end of the tunnel, at the end of this dark tunnel. But I find it amazing that someone would tell their friends that they have something that's terminal, a disease that is going to kill them. And I mean, of course you're going to want to help and do what you can. Of course you're going to be devastated. They're your friend. And then it was all a lie. Just to get the sympathy, just to get the extra cash for the wedding and the vacations. I'm sorry, it was from the United Kingdom, so it was holiday. And uh, it was all lies. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible. And it does bring into light when people say that they have cancer and they need help and look money. It makes everyone rethink the help that they want to give, right? And it shouldn't at all, but it does. I mean, because you always think, oh, that person isn't lying to me, are they? And you don't want to think like that because if somebody tells you that they have cancer, my gosh. I mean, we've all had our lives touched by cancer in one way or another. And we know how devastating it can be. So you most definitely don't want to think, do they really have cancer? Are they just lying to me? You don't want to think that at all. But when you hear stories like Tony Standen's, who told all her friends and family that she was dying of cancer and it was just months away from death, give me cash, let me go on vacations. <laughs> uh, it makes you think that. And that is not a good thing. That is not a good thing at all. I hope they throw whatever book they can throw at her, at her. That's for sure. Then you have another hypocrite from Hungary, an ally to the Hungarian prime minister, Joseph Cesar, uh, J-O-Z-S-E-F-S-Z-A-J-E-R. He was, uh, he quit, he quit his job uh, because uh, he was part of the government's crackdown on the LGBTQ rights in Hungary. He fought for man and woman to be considered marriage. And that was it. The union of a man and a woman is what is marriage. He, they did it, according to him, to protect the institution of marriage. Okay. So Friday night, he gets busted at a 25-man sex party. So someone sees this party going on and calls the police. And then the police show up and he goes out the back window with his backpack <laughs> and 
then tries to run away. Somebody's watching and says, hey, you know, there's a guy that went out the back window running down the back alleyway. So police stop him. And they, uh, you know, question him. He's got no ID. He's got drugs in the backpack. And so he tells them that he's part of the government, uh, the Hungarian government, uh, part of the European parliament. And they take his information and they drop him off at the house. But um, he's now quit and stepped down. Uh, he's, uh, he insists he didn't take any drugs. Right. Because anytime you go to a sex party, you don't do any drugs, do you? At all. Ever. <laughs> now, look. Is it possible that he believes that a, a marriage is a union between a man and a woman and still is not against gay rights? I guess. Maybe. Right? I mean, you think, okay, I mean, you can still be a gay guy and think that a man and a woman is what a union of marriage is, can't you? Can't you? I think so. But he can't. And uh, have a nice day. He's no longer part of the Hungarian insider uh, with the, the prime minister. Because I'm sure the prime minister said, yo, uh, Joe, you need to resign, bruh. So as long as we're in Europe, we might as well head over to Romania and take a look at what's going on over there. Um, they too have now had a monolith appear. Remember the 11 foot triangle, triangular structure that showed up in Utah and then just disappeared, poof, gone that, uh, you know, we talked about, we talked about all the people, the YouTubers and all the people that showed up and there was people going to the bathroom everywhere and there was no parking and all that stuff on, on, uh, on the property in Utah and the Bureau of Land Management said, we didn't, uh, we didn't have anything to do with it. We didn't put it up. We didn't take it down. Well, one has shown up in Romania. It's this one is 13 feet and it is, uh, it's there. It's on, it's on property that you're supposed to, according to the Romanian government, uh, before installing something there, uh, they needed permission from our institution. One that, uh, that must be approved by the ministry of culture, man, it makes you want to have that kind of government, doesn't it? And, uh, oh my gosh, it almost sounds like ours. And so we don't know where it came from. It's still there right now as, uh, you know, as the airing of this show, it's still there. The city, uh, <laughs> The, the mayor of the Romanian city where the model of appeared said that he was honored that they chose our city. At least the aliens got to travel this year. So I mean, there's that. <laughs> I had this story sent to me from, uh, our listener who is a farmer and who is a, a dairy farmer in Northern Michigan. I believe he's a youper actually. And, uh, apparently he's done business with Dean foods and he's his, uh, his subject line was, I guess I need to get a lawyer. And I uh, read the story and you think, Oh my gosh, this can't be true. So if you Dean foods filed for bankruptcy, all right. And they, uh, are now, they got kind of, they got soaked up 
with the dairy farmers of America who are kind of taking over. I guess they bought the majority of Dean Food assets, but Dean Foods is still going through their uh, bankruptcy, right? Because all the dairy farmers of America, uh, we don't control the actions and decisions of Dean Foods in its bankruptcy liquidation. We're not involved with the decision to pursue these claims. And you think claims, why they're going through bankruptcy? What claims? Well, if you did business with Dean Foods and you did business with them in the, in the previous 90 days of them filing for bankruptcy, they can reach back and require you to pay back what they paid. <laughs> it's called trustee avoidance claim. Uh, how about no? Now, one attorney says that most farmers are going to qualify for an an, an exception and be able to avoid repayment if the tracks transaction occurred in the normal course of business then that claim is going to fail so these are what really he's calling them extortion letters so if you normally sell milk and they buy milk then that's you know ordinary course of business right and the invoices are paid so if you got your money you should be good to go. However, they say that you still need to get legal counsel and have your attorney respond because if you don't respond, then you've got to assert your defense. So don't just throw it away and say, we've done, we're, 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 this is a normal course of business. I'm done with this. Wow. So don't drag your feet, get it done. That is incredible. In that they can reach back 90 days prior to its filing and say, hey, you know, we paid you, but we want our money back. Um, again, uh, my answer would be no. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we were doing business and I sold you my goods and you gave me money and now you want the money back? No. Thanks for calling. Take care. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something ice cold to drink. Oh my gosh. It's so good. So I'm, I'm reading a story last night and I see the headline talking about uh, Hamilton. And since my daughter is such a huge fan of Hamilton, I, of course, read the story because she would go, I already know, Dad, I already know that. But I want to, you know, be up to date as I can on the Hamilton news. And uh, so I see Hamilton is looking to be the first show to open on Broadway after the lockdown. And I think, okay, well, that's kind of cool. When's that going to be? July 4th. That's what they're thinking about. Now, they're expected to maybe reopen theaters uh, in June, but that's limited capacity, so almost all the shows would be operating at a loss because of smaller audiences. So according to this, Hamilton uh, made an average of $600,000 profit each week. So that gives it a little extra, a little extra boost to handle the limited audience. And also they're talking about, uh, maybe Lynn, 
uh, Manuel Miranda, Mr. Mr. Uh, Hamilton, would be able to take a reduction in pay. Well, he was off the play anyway, I think. Anyway, um, so they're thinking about making that the big uh, the big story. You know, Hamilton opening on July 4th, the Declaration of Independence, and make it a big deal in New York and around the world, right? But they're saying now that it may open in June. So, I mean, that's still seven months away before these businesses are going to be open again. And we're talking about other plays that had planned on opening in the spring have pushed back their opening night to September and December. So there's already another year. That is amazing that it's going to be that long for these shows. Just amazing to me. I know, I know it's just, you know, it's just to me. I couldn't believe the time that it would take. And there's still plenty of being locked down that long. We are doomed. If that's the case, we are doomed. Get the vaccine and let's just be done with it, please. Man. <laughs> hey, you know what you could do is get the vaccine and then subscribe to chewing the fat, this podcast. So, Get the vaccine and then subscribe to Chewing the Fat. If you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber to the podcast, um, you must be an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> you know what? Even if you are an anti-vaxxer, subscribe to the podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, okay? There's a plethora of platforms out there where the show is available on. And you can, you know, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, choose one. There's there's a plethora more. And choose one and subscribe to the podcast, Chewing the Fat. Okay? It's real simple. And it's I should say it's real easy. And you can just subscribe to the podcast. And, you know, your life will be better for it. My life will be better for it. In fact, the world will be better for it. So go ahead and just, go ahead and just do that. Okay? Okay, good. Now that is free. All right, it doesn't cost you a dime. I mean, you have, obviously you have to pay for your internet. I know, I got it. But to get the content of this podcast, it's free. To get the content of my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat, is free. Doesn't cost you out of pocket for the content. All you have to do is subscribe. Okay. Now, if you want to, what helps pay the bills is if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, and that costs some money. But, but if you go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, you're going to get $30 off a year to Blaze TV. Now you may have to use the promo code Jeffy as well. So let's, I mean, we can check that out as fact. It says claim your offer when I go there. So I claimed my offer and then I select the plan and the annual pass is $30 off with the promo code Jeffy. And it tells you that on, uh, we've made it, <laughs> we've made it so easy for you. So you just subscribe to Chewing the Fat podcast. So you become a freeloading subscriber and then you subscribe to Blaze TV using the promo code Jeffy. Go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy and get $30 off for a year's subscription to Blaze TV. And that helps keep this show on the air as well. <laughs> My gosh, I give and I give and I give.
Did you see where the BBC, this is happening all over, but the story is about the BBC studios announcing 20% diversity quotas on all future productions? Wow. So it's got four significant steps to its new measures to improve diversity and inclusion across its content teams. Okay? So the first initiative requires what they're calling an inclusion rider. Yay! And that means that that's a commitment to minimum target, 20% of its screen talent and production teams on all new BBC and third-party UK commissions coming from a black, Asian, minority, ethnic background. And having a lived experience of a disability or being from a low-income background. Wow. And there will also be an additional commitment to a target of at least one senior role on scripted and unscripted production teams being appointed for one of these backgrounds. Wow. That is effective immediately. Then the second initiative is uh, a year-long trainee assistant producer program And that's going to develop the next generation of content makers, a mentoring program with screen skills aimed at underrepresented talent at assistant producer or script editor level. That's so good. The creation of a short film for schools covering all behind the camera roles in drama entertainment. That's so good. Seriously, that is so, so good. I'm telling you, uh, that is, that is amazing. That is amazing. Those, what is the, I thought there were, is there three initiatives? I thought there were four. Yeah, four steps, right? So you have the inclusion rider. You have the, uh, you have the trainee assistant program. You have the mentoring program. Right, and you have uh, the third initiative, creation of short film for schools. Uh, uh, the fourth initiative uh, will level the playing field for the... Okay, so you get the mentoring program and then the creation of short film schools covering and uh, inspire or pursue a career to ministry. That is amazing. So if you are a white male, good luck, God bless. Oh, I caught the end of Fargo uh, on FX. Although I watch uh, FX on Hulu. Uh, I caught the end of uh, Fargo, the final episode of season four with Chris Rock. Chris did a great job for that entire season, season four. Uh, Should I give you the spoilers if you haven't seen it? Uh, Let me just say that it ended... Well, it ended better than the undoing. I'll tell you that it ended the ending. I felt like, okay, that's a good ending. It tied everything together. It tied the season before into this season. And it also surprised you at the end, at the very end, the two main things that happened at the end of the show surprised you. Actually, the three things surprised you. You thought uh, he was going to, one thing was going to happen and it didn't. And then it really surprised you. And then the other, the other ending was, oh yeah, 
well, that's him then. That makes sense. So it tied the whole thing together. It was really good, really well done, really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, uh, Fargo on FX on Hulu. One more uh, Hollywood story. Did you catch the Bette Midler tweet from over the weekend? How will Americans make any progress with Moscow Mitch as Senate Majority Leader? Both of those are hashtagged. He'll block every piece of legislation created to move us forward because that's the definition of conservatism. We'll be treading water for years except the rich sailing by us in their yachts. That was from Bette Midler. A, I just, Moscow Mitch, I like that because I thought it was Cocaine Mitch, but apparently not, it's Moscow Mitch now. I mean, the family is involved with uh, the Chinese uh, shipping industry, but I digress. Um, And Bette Midler, Bette Midler will be treading water for years except the rich sailing by us in their yachts. I don't know. Maybe Bet lost a bunch of money. Maybe Bet lost a bet. <laughs> now, according to, you know, sources, she's worth $230, $250 million. So let's say that's wrong. Okay, let's say she's only worth a hundred million dollars. Huh, huh, okay. Um, that's still pretty good at the age of 75. She's one of the rich. And that was pointed out uh, to her. Uh, She was reminded by some of the people that said, I'm a huge fan, but if I'm not mistaken... You're pretty rich. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, she's pretty rich. Uh, and also she lives in, I know she's a Hollywood elite and she may have a place in Hollywood, but I know for a long time she's lived in Hawaii, uh, Honolulu. I don't know. That isn't a cheap place to live. Okay. Just letting you know. And I, I like, you know what? I always wanted to like Bet, and she makes it very, very difficult to like her. She's one of those Hollywood people that you, I, you know, you just, I love a lot of her work and you know, she's just so agonizing that it makes it difficult to like her. And then when they come out and try to portray, yeah, they're just, we'll be treading water for years, except the rich sailing by us in their yachts. Uh-huh. One of those yachts will be yours, Bet. A few business headlines. Just a few. Just a few to let you know a little bit about, you know, what's going on. Okay? All right. We have uh, Cyber Monday happened. Uh, we talked about the possibility of what they were going to make. According to this, Cyber Monday sales hit $10.8 billion, according to Adobe Analytics. That makes it the top e-commerce shopping day in U.S. history. I feel like they said it was going to be more. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it seems like a pretty good number, but I feel like they had told us it was, you know, they were hoping for 13, 14 billion. Okay. Uh, Reddit 
disclosed it had 52 million daily average users in October. That's up 44% from last year. That's uh, pretty good as well. Airbnbs uh, aiming for its $35 billion valuation for its upcoming IPO. We'll see about that. Kohl's stock popped 13%. It announced a partnership to open hundreds of Sephora beauty shops inside the stores, and that's a good idea. Uh, my wife is a good example of loving Sephora, and those that's a good deal to, for, for Kohl's. Uh, the Libra Association, the Facebook-backed cryptocurrency consortium, <laughs> who doesn't love the Libra Association, is rebranding. Is rebranding. I know. I know. It's going to rebrand as Diem, and then, they're, then it's going to launch. So they decided that they're just going to be Diem, and that's going to be their name. Oh, okay. No problem. Will it still be the Facebook-backed cryptocurrency consortium? Yes, yes, it will be. Oh, okay, but instead of Libra Association, it's going to be called Diem. Yes, that's right, Jeff. Okay, all right. BlackBerry uh, apparently gained 20% on its shares. It now announced a deal with Amazon Web Services. Remember, it stopped making smartphones, which I love Blackberries, and uh, which, you know, course uh, you know they don't make them anymore i like the the last ones that they made the big square one that was so great anyway with the, the square corners anyway uh the companies um started security software and that's what they're doing they made the deal with amazon web services which actually they need since amazon's web services went down I wasn't i did forgot all about that but that takes me into the uh amazon uh web services outage over the weekend, right? I mean, they lost a big chunk of the internet and it was, they lost a big chunk of the internet and it was only a small percentage of what they have. All right. They, Amazon said, the Amazon said that the issues are only affecting one of its 23 geographic AWS regions. Wow. But that was enough to take out uh, you know, big chunk of internet services. Uh, 1Password, Acorns, Adobe Spark, Anchor, Autodesk, Capital Gazette, Coinbase, Data. Look, I don't have to tell you. When it, when it was down uh, this weekend, you knew that uh, your Amazon Web Services were down. And that's the way it goes. You weren't very happy, were you? <laughs> no, no, you weren't. And I'm guessing neither were they. So yesterday, the CDC uh, voted on uh, who should get vaccinated first. Okay. I know. I know. Uh, healthcare personnel and long-term care facility residents in phase one of phase one. Okay. Uh, it surprises me that we're going to go with the uh, with the long-term care facilities first. So uh, the long-term care facility staff and residents uh, clinical trial. They say here that uh, it's kind of surprising since 6% of COVID cases account for 39% of U.S. deaths. Um, but, you know, they're looking for younger volunteers. And so then uh, the next round of phase one will include essential workers, people with underlying health conditions, and adults 65 plus. Pfizer and Moderna have requested emergency youth authorization of the COVID-19 vaccines. 
Uh, the FDA has yet to approve it. They That's been approved. I think the United Kingdom is going to start using. Uh, they were the first to approve the uh, re- approve the vaccine. They uh, Friday is the deadline for states to decide where to ship the first vaccine orders. So, okay, we'll see what happens. The CDC also is looking to decrease coronavirus quarantine time. The new guidelines will recommend close contacts of those infected with coronavirus should quarantine for 7 to 10 days after exposure, down from the 14 days currently recommended. Individuals can end their quarantine after 7 days if they receive a negative test or 10 days without getting tested. So, I don't know that that's actually changed yet. Or if it's going to happen, but that's, they're going to make it happen very, very soon. Also, did you see where they now say, the CDC, says that the U.S. had COVID as early as December of 2019? Duh. We already told you that. If you were listening to this program, Chewing the Fat. We talked about it. My gosh. And I, I'm telling you that it was here before then. Uh, I'm t- so a study published uh, by Monday said that 106 infections among 7,389 archived blood samples drawn from individuals in nine different states between December 2019 and January 17th, 2020, December 13th to January 17th, were collected routine blood. And the antibodies against the virus were present. That's what the testing was was for, okay? The findings of this report suggest that, hello, the infections were present, may have been present, in December, which is earlier than previously recognized. But we know that it was here before then. We talked about doctors were telling us that they had patients that had COVID symptoms in, starting as far back as October, but they were they didn't know about covid so they were just diagnosing it as the flu and people the flu was not uh being recognized as what they had they would be tested for flu as it came back negative for flu yet all these people were sick so they said well you know take some medicine and feel better go home and get out of here and that's what they were doing but really we know that it had to have been COVID, right? Even the, the doctor said the symptoms were COVID-like. Since, since we didn't have any knowledge about COVID at the time, it was a mystery sickness, you know, a mystery pneumonia. Okay, all right. But now we're finding out, oh, wait, you know, it was here in December. Huh, huh. So, did we get lied to by China? (laughs) Uh, No. No, stop it. I don't, I won't hear of it. I won't hear of it that we were lied to by China. It just doesn't make any sense. Does it? No, no, it doesn't. But you know what? It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, let's not forget about the timeline we're told about. At very end of December, China informs the WHO about an unknown illness. Then January 9th, it tells the WHO that it had mapped the coronavirus genome. Then January 14th, uh, they say, well, we have no new cases. We don't know what's going on. There's no clear evidence of... And then they say there's no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus. Uh, That was all false. But hey, you know what? It's Donald Trump's fault. And so don't you worry about it. Joe Biden, if it's finally a done deal that he becomes president on January 20th, he is going to take care of it because China won't lie to him. (laughs) He's made business deals with them along with his son. So they're not going to lie to him like they lied to Donald Trump and the who, right? Right. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So Spotify uh, just released its year-end wrapped list with the most popular artists, albums, and podcasts of 2020. Um, You may be listening to this very show, Chewing the Fat, on Spotify. So they have the most streamed artist, uh, most streamed female artist, most streamed song, most popular podcast. Those are the ones that I have in front of me now. I'm sure the rap list uh, goes into greater detail on podcast and streaming evidence, which I will look into. And if there's anything worthy, we'll talk about it at a later date. But for now, the most streamed artist on Spotify, Bad Bunny. Who doesn't love Bad Bunny? Most streamed female artist, Billie Eilish. Wow. Good for her. Most streamed song, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Most popular podcast. My list here is wrong because this the most popular podcast, it doesn't say that it's chewing the fat. And that can't be right. It says here that the most popular podcast on Spotify was the Joe Rogan experience. Um, no, the most popular podcast on Spotify has got to be chewing the fat, right? Right. (laughs) All right, fine. So, you know, I'm a little bit below Joe Rogan experience, but you, you as a subscriber to this podcast have helped get me closer to those Joe Rogan numbers. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And it's December now, right? So it's all Spotify is Joe Rogan exclusive. So you got, I mean, no wonder he's the most popular podcaster, even if he isn't. This story is amazing to me. This man was missing for two days and they found him clinging to his capsized boat in the ocean, in the Atlantic Ocean. 62-year-old man rescued from the hull of his boat on Sunday 86 miles away from the coast of Port Canaveral in Florida. The picture of him on his hall was uh, incredible. He's in the middle of the ocean. He's hanging on out there. Wow. It doesn't say for how long he'd been clinging uh, on his vessel. But, I mean, he's been missing for two days, right? So the boat capsized. I don't know. Maybe after his boat capsized, uh, it 
you know, never sinks, right? It just that the hull, the bottom of the, the sailboat, um, stays there and never, that's the way they're built, right? He's got a 32 foot sea ray and, uh, he was safe. He rescued, but it was an incredible outcome. Even the commanding officer of the coast guard said that his rescue was incredible and they love being able to save people's lives because normally people get, you know, lost in the ocean. You don't, uh, you don't make it. The ocean is a pretty big place. You can quote me on that. You can quote me on that a hundred percent. So it doesn't say who spotted him though. It talks about him being reported missing because the guy at the Cape Marina said, you know, he usually doesn't stay out overnight and uh, he never came back. So he's missing. And so U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, Coast Guard, and even uh, local mariners were notified to keep an eye out for B and his missing motorboat. Now, it doesn't say who spotted him or you know how they spotted him out in the middle of the ocean because, I mean, you are literally, you know, I mean, it's, it's a needle in a haystack. But, uh, I mean, there he is, hanging on in the middle of the ocean. Incredible. I, that's a long time to be hanging on to that boat, man. Two days in the ocean? That's, that's incredible. Good for him. Well, thanks for, thanks for staying alive. We don't know if it was a drug deal gone bad and he's supposed to be dead. And maybe that's, now he's in bigger trouble because now everybody knows that he's still alive and they'll be coming after him. We don't know that though. Could be just a, just an accident. That's what it is. It's just an accident. So I've had some Royals stuff in the, in the pile, in the fat pile for a while. I haven't got to it. I guess I could, you know, I might've sort of saved it for fat pile Friday, but I've been wanting to get to it. So we had the queen and Prince Philip, uh, release a new picture cause they were, you know, it was their 73rd wedding anniversary. That was a while ago. Now we heard that Harry and Meghan's property, uh, the stuff was removed from Frogmore, their cottage. <laughs> the queen said, get it out. Yeah. Put it in storage. You can put it in the barn out back, get rid of it. We don't need that stuff. They just left it there. And then we get the story of a Buckingham palace staffer busted for stealing stuff and selling it on eBay. He he uh, stole a signed official photographs of Prince Harry and Prince William and Kate Middleton. Uh, he's been stealing stuff from the Royal residence and selling it on eBay. He pleaded guilty to three counts of theft between November of last year and August of this year. He was a 37-year-old staffer. Weird, right? He sold a significant quantity of items. They found the stuff at his quarters in the palace. Uh, just incredible. So he took the signed photographs and he took um, a companion of bath metal belonging to the master of the household, Vice Admiral Master Tony Johnston. Uh, Tony Johnston Burt. He said in a statement that he realized the medal was gone when he went to wear it for trooping the color. Canto also stole a commander of the Royal Victorian Order Medal from the locker of former British Army officer uh, Major General Richard Sykes, which was given to him by the Queen in 2010. He stole a Royal State Banquet photo album of President Trump's visit to the UK. That was worth a couple grand. Wow. And he had 77 other items that were taken from the palace shop. 
and their stuff was stolen from the staff lockers and the Queen's Gallery shop and Prince Andrew's storeroom. I mean, the guy was just a, a you know, he was a deep pocket, right? He's just, he needed to steal stuff. And he was looking to sell it on eBay. He listed the stuff for sale on eBay. A total of 37 items were sold on the website. He only got like $10,000. The stuff they're saying is worth anywhere from, you know, 13000 to 135000 some of that stuff, you know, it's just little nickel and dime stuff. And he's selling it for like 10 grand. And that was just, he's just a, you know, a common thief, right? He's a kleptomaniac. He liked to steal stuff is all. Cause if he was looking to make some money, there's more better stuff than that to take at the palace. One would think. And you, you take a medal from a guy, you know, is going to notice it's missing. He's just a klepto, right? He started stealing stuff and. He just can't help himself. Ooh, I like that. And he puts it in his pocket. Ooh, I like that. And he puts it in his pocket. People get busted like that all the time. And I'm sure that's, you know, look, with the stores all closed, after January, he's got no place to go. (laughs) To steal stuff on his days off. To, uh, you know, take an edge off that kleptomania. So he's just stealing stuff from the palace at work. (laughs) <laughs> you'd think that the queen, you know, you think he was, you know, yeah, they'd test a little bit better, but, uh, no, you, you'd be wrong. And, uh, the Royal staffer Adamo Kento is just a kleptomaniac working at the palace, man. They hire bums at the palace too. Sorry to hear that queen. Sorry to hear that.